Hey guys, hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Dating Intelligence. So um, today I am here at Sticky Paw Studios and I am by myself, kind of. And I say kind of because I got my great uh, producer back there, Austin. Austin, say hello, please. Hello, world. All right, so we're going to be using you a lot today. But um, so, guys, and I say I'm by myself, but I'm really not. But I'm going to explain what happened here. So I'm on my way to Las Vegas this morning to do podcast episodes, and um, literally as my plane is literally taken off, uh, my host Jamie Villamore texts me and goes, "Hey, I'm not going to be able to make it today, so you're flying solo." And I was like, "Holy crap!" So what I did was is that I just got on my phone while the plane's in the air and just started texting people and saying, "Hey, are you available?" But um, with that being said, I have this amazing guy that joined my show. He literally landed when I landed today, and it's almost like we might as well have just met at the airport in theory. But um, but I he had DM'd me yesterday on Instagram, which we are very grateful for, and wanted to be a guest on our show. And literally, you're here today. So I'm going to give you a proper introduction. So uh, this guy, he's a nutritionalist. He's also a public speaker, I can say as well, and uh, and a motivationalist. I'm going to use that as well because I feel like you are. Um, and this guy's name is David Fishchuck. And you're from Seattle, right? Yeah, born and raised in Seattle of all places. You nice. know, it's like the place where no one wants to go to, but here I am. You know, <laughs> you know everybody lo- wants to go to Seattle. I feel like that's so not true because to visit. yes, this is very true. This yeah. is very true. And I've had I've had a lot of. I've never been my entire life, but I've always wanted to go. And then, like literally being on the West Coast, I should just be like shooting up the Washington as much as possible, just at least give the food experience. And mm. I just feel like they said the culture's amazing as well, but no one ever wants to stay. You're right. You know, it's it's interesting because I was born I was born in the Seattle area mm-hmm. in a city called Bellevue, um, which is like the nicer area of Seattle. Downtown Seattle itself is I'm sure if anyone looks it up is pretty you know it's like downtown LA like All you don't right. really want to go there but you'll <laughs> go there to see like the Pipe Place Market them throwing fishes yeah. around the Space Needle like those cool things but. What's really cool there is you get all four seasons. All right. Yes, this is what I hear. Extremely all four seasons. So in the wintertime, it's really cold. You get snow. Then you get all the beautiful colors that come. And so my wife absolutely loves it. And funny enough, we were actually in the process of moving to Florida. Okay. The total opposite. Still thinking about that or no? Well, we were just in Florida for the entire month of July. All right. And you're probably like, okay, we're out. No, No, it's funny (laughs) enough. Like we're still in, but the one thing, and we'll talk about it a lot more on the podcast is... Me and my wife are very big on our faith in God. Got it. Mm-hmm. And so there was there was a bit of in 2020 when all the stuff went crazy. We had our daughter in 21, and we were just thinking to ourselves like, okay, do we stay? Do we go? Like Washington State itself is pretty crazy. Yeah. So where should where should we go? We're like, go to Idaho. Now it's boring. Go to Texas. Yeah, we don't really know many people right, there. Right. But Florida, it just seemed like the better opportunity. Plus, it just happens that like a lot of people in my affiliate marketing industry, which I'm still a part of are around that area too. They're in Orlando, they're in Tampa, there are a lot of things happening in Miami. I was like, this is like the hub. It, yeah. was, it was freedom, it was a hub. And it felt like that was what was our calling. Okay, but you're saying that Washington State, that's like, that's way far off the grid. And do you have any family or friends there? No, everyone's there. Okay, gotcha. So I, I landed there as my entire life is there. So all Got of it. our family um, immigrated from Ukraine in 92, 91, 92. Uh-huh. Um, and they landed there. And a year later, I was born. Okay. So thankfully, I have no accent, no nothing. Like <laughs> when someone asks me if I speak Ukrainian, I just say no. Because it's so bad, only my grandma and my mom really understand it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. But because of that, it's it, it, you will find with a lot of people these days. It's a little bit different, but usually where people are born, they don't leave. Right, and it's but I always say that one of the things about that too is that I feel like people um, some that you're right. I feel like if you do leave, you're going off to college, you're doing something. But most people actually go back to where they were from their origin. It's the family you know? thing. It's what right. you know. Right? Like my sisters did that. Like both my sisters. Like I, I'm from Texas. You know, I grew up in Texas, and um, and literally like both of my sisters after college, after marriage, and things like that both moved back to uh, Houston, where they where my mom was, and they both live there now, which is crazy. Which I never thought. Any of us would have moved back home in that sense. But as you get older, you're right. You want to be more family oriented because especially when you have kids, Mm -hmm. you know, when you have kids now, it's almost like you want to be around family. You want to give them the best life that they can have with with knowing their family and all that stuff as well. So I get that. That's what's so hard, too, because I'm not living in Seattle. I'm like an hour, 45 minutes to an hour outside of Seattle. I'm called Monroe currently. Okay. Um, But my mom lives like less than 10 minutes away. 
So anytime when we had, you know, when my daughter was growing up, my mom would be really close by. Right. And now this whole Florida move is very interesting. And we don't have to touch too much into this, but this is a very cool aspect of it. And this is why I feel like in the future, it is our calling. Okay. But this last trip, it was like, there's so much going on with business, so much going on with the coaching brand and all this stuff. I'm just like, stay put. This is grind season. You know, that's what it's all about right good. now. So yeah. we're just going to stay put. It, good. Was, it wasn't our time to go yet. Good. But we never uh, That down. takes good recognition to do that though. Yeah. You can't, you know, Dave, one of the things you just can't, you know, some people pick up and go when, when they really aren't really prepared and really ready. But I mean, I, I appreciate them taking the chance because if you never take the chance, you're never going to know what it's going to be like, right? So take mm -hmm. that leap of faith, obviously, right? But it also takes a strong person to know when it's time to settle down, get some things done before, you know, get your all your ducks in a row before you take that next leap as well. So I, you know, that that's a, a good thing as well. So, um, so with that being said for you now, I know that you're in, you're, you're a nutritionist, obviously, you know, you're a fit dude, you work out a lot. So, and you're also, tell me what, tell the people out there, what is your plan? What, what do you want to... Tell, what is your goal right now for you? My main goal right now is to spread the word of my coaching business and my brand. Mm -hmm. So I want to get people fit. I want to get them healthy. I want to get their mindset strong because you can accomplish so much if you focus on one key aspect, and that is getting fit and healthy. Right. Because you look at any man who walks in, the first thing they do, they don't just look at your sneakers. They look at you as the person. <laughs> the man who is fit, the man who is slim, the man who is, you can clearly tell on their face that they have to put in some serious discipline and get there. Yeah. Right? You, can just, you can't just walk into the gym and then just lift a few weights and walk out and expect to be where you want to be in life. It's not like that. Just like in any kind of business. That's correct. You have to put in that grind every you gotta day. You got to put in the work. Correct. You know? And that discipline is what shapes everything else. Right. So if you can get in the gym five, six days a week, you can eat properly and don't cheat on your meals. You can get a six pack. You can feel good. And then what that also does is it stacks wins every single day. And so as well, when it applies to relationships or applies to business, that's right. You now are showing everybody else that you are a man or woman of your word. And I always say your inner self-discipline comes out with your outward representation. Right. So if Agreed. you are fit and healthy, everyone's like, yo, this guy, I can trust him a little bit more because he takes care of himself. Right. And so that was one of the bedrocks of my life. And even getting to where I have been in the last few years, getting like very mentally tough, focusing down. I've been in this um, internet marketing world since 2016. It's where I first started um, my business journeys. Okay. And it's great, but it's not as fulfilling as say helping people get healthy, helping them drop their addictions, helping them drop the vices like alcohol, Love porn, that. all of that stuff. Yeah. So when did you when did you find that calling for you? Because I know that sometimes I feel like people are born into what they should be doing, you know, even though you take that ride and you find that. I, I appreciate someone when you're in a business world, like you started out with, apparently you're in advertising, right? Marketing. Mm, yeah. And um, all of a sudden you realize, look, this is something that I just don't want to do anymore. You know, it's like, so, so go out there and find your real calling. And this is something I tell people all the time. It's like, look, people get stuck in their ruts. People like, you know, they can spin their hamster wheel doing certain things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they love what they do. They're not passionate about what they do. They're not, it doesn't interest them. It's not, it's not, it's not fulfilling in other mm. words. Right. So, so what I tell people, it's like, look, if you're feeling like you're in this cycle, you don't have, not necessarily that you have to leave it, find something that you love to do on the side. And if that side thing starts fulfilling you, then maybe that's your true calling. And that's know? exactly where we're at right now. Good. I started searching for this, you know, during all, all the, the C19 stuff, I was like, a lot of things changed, right? Everyone was indoors. And I started going on this journey of mental toughness. Okay. Because I was in business. I was making really good money, but I was like not in shape. Like if you go to my Instagram, you'll go, you scroll through a lot of before and afters and it's all before COVID. It's okay. all like, I was still working out five or six days a week. I was still trying to eat okay, but not really. So I was like kind of a skinny fat for a long time. <laughs> but when I was like 21, I got married. I looked really, really good. But you make a few bucks, you move yeah. downtown, you don't really care as much about right. it. Right. Well, you're living, you're living your life, you know. And sometimes mm -hmm. they say oh, you're living your best life. And, it's like, it's and then you look back and you're like, okay, yeah, maybe a little bit, but also at the same time, you know, I w we had a, a trip to Santorini in 2018, <clears throat> and that was fun. But I look at pictures of myself then, and I was like, oh. Okay, so let's let me ask you this now. Okay, so this is where and guys, we're gonna spin in this this whole episode for today. But um, literally, if you if COVID never hit. Do you think what you just said right there, like 218, if you would have just, let's say COVID never hit, because mm -hmm. that seems like that's when you started finding your, your rhythm and of what, how you wanted to portray yourself and how you wanted to be ultimately, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's say COVID never hit. You're, you're just married for how many years at that point, 2018? Like three years. Okay. Three years in your marriage, which is highlight, you know, you're still in your honeymoon phase, you know, mm -hmm. your newlywed phase, I should say. Um, you're baby born yet? 
No, so that happened in 21, and then COVID okay. was 2020. Gotcha. So, yeah, yeah. so that, that 2018 was just like that weird phase. I looked at some pictures, and I was like, I was traveling doing all this stuff, but I didn't like, I always was kind of self-conscious about my body. Right, okay. You know, I was just like, oh, I got a little bit of man boobs going. I got some love <laughs> handles. I didn't like it. I was trying to wear a shirt where I could, you know what I mean? And then in, 20, in 2020, when all that COVID stuff happened, I was like, I was watching and listening to um, Andy Frazella a lot. Got it, yep. Um, and he talked about 75 Hard, the program. Yep. And I was like, okay, well, I want to try this out. So I did it, and I lost like 10 pounds. You did all 75 days? I've done it three years in a row. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. See, Jamie Villain would love hearing you say that right now. Austin, wouldn't she? She's like a big 75 heart. She knows uh, Andy really well. And so she really? does it at least once once a year. She does it as well. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Andy would get mad at me because I don't do live hard. I did like I did like the <laughs> 75 heart, and I did the phase one. And then after that, I was just... I was like, man, I just got so much going on. It's a horrible excuse. You tell Andy that, he's probably going to like punch you in the face. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Shout out to Andy Purcell. <laughs> Shout out to Andy. That that man changed the trajectory of my life. That's great. And you discovered this during COVID then. Is yeah. that what you're a saying? A lot of stuff happened yeah. during there where like I wasn't, I was like just going through the motions effectively. And then when that hit, like all my senses got heightened. Wow. That's you know? great. And so you realize a lot of different things, right? And then also what he talks about a lot is creating a life where you can help others and in my marketing business, it's like, yeah, maybe you could help someone with a product, but it's not as fulfilling. Right. Because I do affiliate marketing, so I middleman the sale, so I don't even know who's on the receiving end of the product. Okay. All I know is like, ad cost, revenue, is there a profit? Yes, no, cut, scale, whatever. Right. But I was, I've been searching, hey, what is that next step in my life? Like, do I start a brand? Do I go into a whole different field? Like, what, what's, what is it? But I know I needed to start something to help others. Okay. And then a shout out to my my mentor now, Wes Watson. I started seeing him pop up. He went on Andy Frazella's podcast. And that's the power of podcasting is being able to hear people that you would have never seen otherwise. That's correct. Right. Right. Be yep. seen in an audience and someone goes, I resonate with that. So I'm also on the second round of 75 hard at the time. And I was not really gaining, I didn't really know my, my macros or my calories or anything like that. I was just kind of working out seven days a week like I'm supposed to do on Got 75 it. hard. Mm -hmm. But my body wasn't looking the way I wanted it to. It wasn't responding to that. Correct. And yeah. I did all these diets, right? I did a yeah. carnivore diet. I did a keto diet. I did all these diets. And it would be like up, down, up, down. It was never consistent. I didn't okay. know what my numbers were. I didn't know anything. You know, it, in any industry you're in, you have to know the numbers. Right. right? Correct. Yeah. When you're building a house, you have to know this measurement has to go here, has to go here. Otherwise, right. well, it's like, it's like writing a book. I mean, it has to have a beginning, a middle, and an end, right? It's right. that you have to know what you're doing, right? You can't just throw darts into the wind and see where it's going to land. Yeah. It's so. the same thing with the working out. It's the mm -hmm. same thing with the nutrition. So because I, I could work out, I've been doing it since I was like 17 years old. The nutrition was the only question mark because you don't know like how much protein do I really need? Okay. Like, whatever phase you're at. And so I hired him on first as a coach and I, I learned from him like whoa in two and a half months i went from 217 pounds to shredded at 196 nice and i was like that was my missing link i think i can help others do the same awesome and then it spirals from there because not only did it help me get better like physically my mental toughness just shot off the right. roof and i was like listen if i can help others and, and here's one of the big things too i want to touch on I had an addiction since I was like 12 years old to pornography. Okay. Okay. Even when I was married and my wife, you look her up, she is smoking hot <laughs> and it had nothing to do with her at all. It was just, everyone has a vice. Some people just yeah, like correct. alcohol, Agreed. Simple, right? Yeah. And that was mine. I didn't really care much for alcohol, weed. I don't really care about no other harder drugs than that. That was basically it. That's your high. That was my high. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was a private high. And every guy has that joke. They talk about like, whatever, you know, like, oh, who's your favorite porn star? <laughs> and it was disgusting to me because it's like, I've always been in the Christian family. And that's the one thing you find a lot too. It doesn't matter if you're religious right. or not. Okay. Like, you're going to see people who are Christians and they're going to be drinking. Well, drunk there's always the something taboo in, in that right. space, I'm sure, because yeah. no one's, everyone feels like there's some sort of guilt that, that, you know, it's, it's like your guilty pleasure, but you, it's that unspoken word, you know, everybody's got something, you know, everybody's Correct. got, not that I want to say, you know, bones in the closet or skeletons in the closet, that's the word. Is that the word, Austin? Skeletons, skeletons in the closet? closet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No one, it's like that thing where um, we all have something, but when you bring it to the forefront and admit what you're doing and all of a sudden it, it changes the way that you live your life or, or, or how you perceive things, how you handle things. So I get that. Yeah. And I started looking into like Wes's stuff and I forget the exact quote that he said, but it changed my life forever. And it was, in order to get rid of your vices and your addictions, stop focusing on them. <sighs> and my problem is I was focusing on it and I was like, I need to stop this, but I can't. Okay. You know, and like, yeah. you're not gonna tell your wife that, your girl that, you're not gonna, but she knows like, it, it 
it partially destroys a relationship regardless. So I ended up going, hey, I have to chase the man that I want to become. And when I'm so focused on the goal, I don't need to care about any of this anymore. Got it. So I stopped cold turkey and I was like, okay, I stopped from what a few things that my, my mentor told me. And then I was like, well, I can help others drop their alcohol, drop all their other addictions and all of their limiting beliefs because it's all the same root problem. How do you, how do you inspire them? How do you, how, what is your goal to inspire? Because I know that everyone has a way of inspiring. So what is, what do you, because obviously Wes Watson for you and Andy Frazella for you and different steps of your life. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like for yourself that you now can inspire people to, like you just said, and to, and to, to overcome adversity in other words? When I could have, I couldn't coach or help anybody until I cured it myself. Right. That's correct. Right. And so, yeah, would, would a niche be guys who have issues with porn and they're married? Sure. That's, yeah, but I don't go crazy heavy into that. I do on a podcast. But for me, it's it's more generalized to men who want to level up in life if they're married, if they're in business, if especially if they're fathers, because that's what I am now. Like I'm a husband. Yeah. I'm a father. I have a great relationship with my my wife. And I'm a businessman. And so a lot of people that are in my program are either I've just known from my childhood growing up and they've just seen my level up mentally and physically. Right, yeah. And then they see how much I love my wife, how much I love my daughter, and how much now God is way more of a center of our life. Like we pray as a family every night, mm -hmm. we go to church every Sunday, and it's just genuine. That's and great. And so I have no skeletons in my closet anymore. Like you'd be, you know what the crazy thing is? It's been a year since I've ever, I've even cared. Okay. Look at porn. And it just, right. it just stopped. Right. I don't have any temptations. And if I ever do, there's a boss voice and a weak voice in your head. The boss voice is the one that's your advocate. Mm -hmm. Bedros Koulian, if you know who that is, talks about the, the advocate and the adversary. So then the advocate is the one that wants the best for you. And the adversary is the one that just puts these little oh, thoughts yeah. of anxiety. Right. Those, I call of, those little, those little like breadcrumbs, like say, hey, hey, what about this? What about that? What about correct. that? We all get that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, and I love this. The and power to discern the difference between that is what makes or breaks a man. Totally. Right. That's the hardest part. But the more you fall, you follow that boss voice, that advocate voice, the one's leading you positively, the more wins that you stack. That's correct. And the further away I get. So if a girl walks by, I don't care if she's like smoking hot or plain. If I look in her direction, I'm like, what is she wearing? Cool. That's what she looks like. Great. And then move on. Right. But that's also, that's also when, but see, but what you've done right there, which I, this is where I come from my relationship now, which is why this yeah. is awesome. Um, that's also you acknowledging the respect that you have for others. You know, like it's one thing where I always tell people in that respect right there, it's just like making sure that you communicate who you are and what you've been, what, what your life's been like, you know, your ups and downs, where you're going, where you're heading, where you've been, right? So for instance, like you're talking about the girl across the street, you appreciate beauty, you appreciate that, but are you obsessing over that? Are you doing this? No, you don't have to, you know, but but you're confident enough now of who you are and who you're with to actually appreciate other things. What I don't, what I always say that I always tell guys, especially guys more than girls, is the fact that when they shy away from admitting someone else around you or, or seeing something or acknowledging something, right? Like, I appreciate the fact that you're, you've confessed up to your, you know, your own troubles as far as your porn addiction goes and things like that, because I find that that's something that, that's self- First and foremost, you've battled that internally. You've overcome that, you know, which is great. You've now shared that with your family. You know, you've now put that out there in the space, like even today, sharing this out to with my audience today that, you know, it's something that people go through, whether it be alcohol, drugs, addiction, whatever it is. We all have something to where we, we, we're scared of sharing that with people. But once you put it out there, all of a sudden, it's not as big of a problem anymore. It's not that big of an issue anymore because you, you're actually telling yourself, you're admitting what your problems are. So now, which shows us that you are actually going to be doing something about that, you know, which I love. And I love that you are now out there in the space trying to help others, you know, because like, yeah, you are fit as shit, which is amazing. And I appreciate the fact that what you've already said and done, that's inspiring to other people because you're, you're your own calling card, which yeah. is unbelievable. So I'm always looking for new games to download and I came across Bingo Bash. This game is now my go-to downtime fun when I'm in between dating clients and social media work. I mean, who doesn't love bingo? This game has a ton of different theme rooms to choose from as well as lead play where you can compete against other players. It even has a Monopoly theme room with Mr. Monopoly himself where you have to make your way around the board to build your empire. But at the moment, I'm getting into the spirit of Halloween and playing in all the spooky theme rooms and trying to win rewards to advance and level up into other bingo bash rooms. I have to admit, the game is fast and fun, and since I have a competitive nature, you connect with players in a thriving bingo community, as well as climb the bingo bash leaderboard by earning points with each game by competing against other players for the top spot. 
So for all my listeners, download Bingo Bash for free today on Google Play or Apple Store and join the bingo fun. And you might actually catch me playing against you in one of your other games. I mean, that's what they say about personal branding, right? Yep. It's like at first they, they want to buy from you because they want to get fit. And then, that's correct. then it's like, well, who is the man? And it's like, dude, I can go through all these crazy stuff. I mean, we grew up in a low-income family. We were on food stamps, mm-hmm. welfare our entire lives because it was just me, my mom, my brother, and my grandparents in one low-income family apartment. And that's how we grew up. Right. And so as we grew up, all of our family told us and friends and stuff like that, we, they all looked down on us because we, we didn't have a father around. And I looked at all my other family members and they all had a mom and a dad. Right. So I'd look at all that stuff and I was like, I really, really want that. Right. Right. You wanted what they wanted, right? I wanted what they had. Yeah, gotcha. Right. You know? So how did you, so so guys, so um, I have, you know, David Fishchuk on our show today and he's like, it just, this is a surprise, surprise co-hosting guest today and thank you for coming on the show and like this is going to be, a, we're just already getting really good. But I want to, I want to let people know out there that we are going to be talking about overcoming adversity today and I want you to go a little bit more in your story because I, my route's similar to yours, but it, it's, it's a little, it's, it's different because we all have different paths that are probably similarities in, with all of us in the world. You know, whether it be Austin, you or me here, we all have similar paths. We just, sorry, we all have different paths, which lead to similar sort of situations. That's Mm -hmm. the best way I can say it. So your path, from what I know, from just a little bit that we've discussed before getting on air, it's not that much different from my path. You know, yes, it's different sort of categories, but we literally wanted, it's the same thing that we both wanted. So, which is why we're both sitting today, which is like, I want to talk about overcoming adversity. So continue with your family history in the background of all that. Yeah, so my father was never around. He was abusive to my mom, mm-hmm. and accordingly, my brother was um, he was three and a, half, a little over three years older than me, and he saw all of that. Granted, he was really, really small when he saw, but it was enough to leave an impression, right? But as soon as my mom had me, she left him, and I only saw him three times in my life. Once when he came to our apartment when I was maybe three or four, and I got very excited. I had family members and uncles tell me that he was a bad guy. Right. So in my head, I was like, he can't be that bad. He's my dad. Yeah, right. And he was a car mechanic at the time. And my mom's car had some issues. So he came by. I got so excited. I got ecstatic. I was running around the the house, you know, like 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 jumping around like a horse. I'm like, oh, I can't wait for my dad to come in. I'm skipping around. And then he comes in. And all I can remember in my brain, I don't remember anything else. I remember him walking in. I remember him basically, my mom was sitting there. He was sitting right here. And I'm walking across and he he bends down and grabs me. Okay. And I look up and I'm terrified because, you, you know, you can feel energy. Like, you know how dogs can feel energy? Yeah, of people? right. People can feel the energy of people. Of course people. they can. Yeah, especially kids more so because there's that innocence phase still. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, everything people told me came in my head and I just smacked him. Wow. And then I ran to my mom <laughs> and I didn't see him for how three until how old was I when in, in 2018? I don't even remember anymore. It's been so many years. I okay. think I was 24. Right. Whatever 2018 was, I'm 29 now and I just turned 29 in April. So in 2018, my grandpa passed away on March 15th which is an important date because that's my brother's birthday. Wow. And that's the first time I lost somebody in my family was on that date. And at the funeral was the second time in my life I ever saw him was at that funeral. He was in the back corner. Right. Quiet. I didn't know what he looked like, nothing. And it was weird to me because I walked by him a bunch of times and tell people were telling me that's my dad. Yeah. And I was like, eh, okay. Okay. You know, I didn't even really, I didn't acknowledge him. There's well, no you could, there's no way of like actually comprehending that, you know? No, I didn't even know what right. to think. You mm-hmm. know, I'm like too busy just like, with my family and at the time I was already like in business and I was just, I was already in my own state of mental toughness within reason because I was strong enough. Like I wasn't in this weakened state of mind. I was strong enough to look at it and go, thank you for not being in my life because you gave me the breathing room. Okay. Well, I, and I want to backtrack. I, don't, I want you to finish the story, but I want you yeah. to backtrack. So let's go back to when you're a little kid and how you got from that point until you are um, now. Like, so mm-hmm. because you had no father figure in your life, obviously your mom and your mom and your grandmother raised you pretty much or your mom? Mom, grandma, and grandpa. Okay. And, yeah. I, and I know that you were saying that, you know, you're just saying something about poverty and some other things like that. Mm-hmm. What did you want for yourself? You know, like when you saw the other families, I know you just said you wanted to be like that. You wanted a family. You wanted what they had. So ex- explain to me your growing up on what your vision was and how you pushed yourself in order to be who you are today. Yeah. So the interesting thing, too, is is touching quickly on the father thing. Mm-hmm. My, my mom always told me something that sticks me to this day. She told me as I was growing up when people, when I would look at other families and I'd ask her about fathers and, you know, all of that, she would say, you may not have a father on earth. But you have a father in heaven who's smiling on you, who cares for you, who wants the best for you. So even when he's not around, you have a God who's watching over you. That's why my faith is so strong Got because it. God guided my life. Even Got though it. we didn't have much, even though we were immigrants in America, 
I knew that that was my father, my heavenly father. Now, as we kind of grew up, me and my brother did things that my cousins didn't do. A lot of single parent family households, the kids end up being all messed up, right? right? They, right. they go to prison, they, they do drugs, all the stuff as they're going up. So by the time they're out of high school, they're in and out of prison, they're in and out of doing all these bad things. Right. We didn't do that. Okay. We had a high reverence for my mom and a high respect for her because she worked multiple jobs. And my grandparents were kind of our babysitters, which was also <clears> a blessing, <throat> you know? And as we got older, my brother went to do Running Start, which is like a program where you can finish college and high school at the same time. Okay. So when you're a junior in high school, you can leave and go to the local community college and get a degree while you're in high school. That's great. It's cool. You can yeah. leave two years early, basically. Right. Be less around like the low lives, especially if you didn't care about prom and all those things, which we didn't, you know? And so he did that, got his degree in computer science, and then I followed in his exact footsteps. So... At the time, me and my brother were the only ones in our family, and we had cousins that are older than us that didn't get a degree yet. And we were the only ones. So there was a little bit of a chip on our shoulder where we go, we want to prove everybody wrong. Yeah. And I wasn't even financially savvy or anything like that at the time. All I knew is that that was like a path that every immigrant wants. They wanted to get a degree for whatever reason, mm -hmm. right? And I really wanted a wife and I wanted kids. So uh, around like 18 is when I when I finished. It was 19. I finished college and high school. I didn't get a I didn't get a job with my degree for a couple of years. Okay. Um, but I was in and out of working at Starbucks, and I always liked cars. I always liked all of these flashy things, but you know, is out of reach when you're making like nine nine ten bucks an hour. But, <laughs> but I appreciate the dream. You correct. Because that's what we have, have to have. You have to have. Yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. If you don't look at a Ferrari and smile, you got something wrong. Of course. You know. <laughs> but I. It's actually pretty cool. I I tend to forget it, but. When I say the fitness and nutrition and just being healthy is a cornerstone in discipline, I really truly mean it. Because when I was in college, I didn't have a car yet. I, okay. was, six, I, was, I was 17 and my mom eventually let me like get a car, but I, would, I was within walking distance if my mom couldn't drop me off at school to college. So I would, in the snow, in the rain, sometimes if my mom couldn't do it, I would go to and from school and then to and from work. And I worked at Safeway yeah. for with, a little with bit. With no complaints, I'm sure, because you no, knew you had to. I had to. You What's had the alternative? To. Right, right. And then in between there, I'd always get my workouts in. Got it. I Love did a that. program called P90X, okay. which is a home workout program from like years and years and years ago. All right. But I did that at home. And it was like a six-day-a-week program, and I would always get the workouts in, no matter what, for 90 days. Got and that it. was the first time I ever completed something like that, where, of course, other people in my family had done it and failed. Some of them completed it. But- it was one of those challenges, and I was able to still work, work out, be present, do all of these things, and it's just cool to see that that was like a cornerstone of my life always. Love that. Is a fitness and nutritionist yeah. and discipline, no matter what. Right. You know, is being fit and healthy. Right, but that's, that's all that did for you too, is like you said, it just it made you more mentally tough as well, and that's, yep. that's one of the things I was getting at with all this, because I know from, it sounds like from your history, like, you know, with my path as well, like, you know, my mom and dad, you know, um, they, they were divorced when I was little as well, but my dad was always in my life though. You know, he was, he's an amazing father. He's this and that, but he was never in our, you know, like they were divorced, but he was living out, you know, in different States, things like that, blah, blah, blah. Well, fast forward as, as I got older and older from, let's say, you know, nine, 12, 15, whatever, I always had this sense of like, I need to do things for them. My mom, like your mom was my cornerstone for me because like, you know, she put everything on hold. She didn't date anymore. I remember she went on one date, I think it was like eight years old and came home from that date. I remember my grandmother and she, she was like, how was it? She goes, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm never going to date again. And, you know, we're Catholic. And so she just said, I'm just going to vote. I want to devote my life to my children, give them the best life that I can. And she's a psychologist, but she worked her ass off and did everything like she could give us and make us like stronger as individuals to be better, you know, human beings as we got older. And for myself, I was like, look, I go, my mom is working hard for us. I want to make sure that I'm doing the best that I can to make sure that she never has to worry about me. So I learned how to become very disciplined at a very young age. I learned how to make, have good work ethics. I knew, I learned how to, you know, just do all these things that made me mentally tough to get to where I wanted to be in my life, to make it easier for her life. And like I said, my dad, you know, being a doctor and stuff like that, he was always in our lives, would give us whatever he wanted, but I was always like, I don't want anyone to ever, I don't want to ever want from anyone. I, I want to make sure I do it on my own. Yeah. You know, and so I learned how to do all these things to what's made me the strong individual, mentally tough, physically tough, you know, all these things like that, which, you know, it helps you in your life, especially when you are trying to be a self-employed entrepreneur, because if whatever you're doing right now is leading to this moment, yeah. because you have the tools behind you to succeed. And that's one of the things that I always say, it's like, if you have, if you're mentally strong, physically strong, and you can actually 
make yourself disciplined to doing all these things every day on a regimented situation, you'll be fine. Yeah. You know, I'm and up at 5 a.m. every single yeah. day. I follow the exact same routine every single right. day, and it's almost like a superpower. Right. You know? Yes, it is. If you it follow is. me on Instagram, you'll see the exact minus the travel this morning. Right. But every morning, 5 a.m. wake up. I do a quick little video of like just my morning routine. I post a, a, a quote of the book I'm reading, and then the food I'm reading as a macro breakdown. Just people get an idea of the nutrition and Great. how you can do it. It's pretty easy. I got the solution for you because everyone struggles with it, whether or not they want to admit it. And then, of course, the fitness, I always post you know, my workout every single day. Great. And it's just Great. like, what is the system that keeps me aligned and in check? Great. And that is it. And you ebb and flow from there, right? You grow yeah. from there. You inspire. You continue to grow. And you find you hone, you hone your craft, in mm -hmm. other words. So how's married life treating you? Oh, I mean, without my wife, I wouldn't be where the man I am today. Like, That's straight great. Up, Love you know? that. And I don't know if I touched on it, but there's just a lot of stuff going on in life. I feel like... There's like a big kind of spiritual battle with a lot of people in 2023. Okay. I know. think it's been happening for the past year. You know, yeah. something about this year. Austin, I don't know if you feel this way or not, but because you've been in a relationship for eight years, correct? That I have, yes. Yeah. And um, and he has a child as well. So yeah. I, I've been married for 17. I've, I've been divorced for six and I'm with my current girlfriend, but I have two I have two girls and um, it, it does change your life. I mean, I'm sure Austin, you probably feel the same way, but being married and like having a child that you actually, it, it changes the way that you, it changes your perspective on everything. What do you think, Austin, on that? Uh, yeah, it definitely does because, um, you know, I had a, a kid young. I was 20 when he right. was born. Um, he'll be actually five this weekend. Um, but like at the time it, it, it made me like mature and the joke I always tell is like, you know, dads always say, oh, the moment I knew like, oh, I'm really a parent was when they held their child for the first time. Right. But that wasn't the case for me. Like I held my child and I was like, yeah, this is my child. But the first time I realized like, oh, I'm the parent was he had to go to the nursery. He had some, some fluid in his lungs. They just had to let him work it out. And so I go into the nursery and, and like in my head, I'm like, there should be an adult here. And I was like, oh, wait, no, I am the adult. Yeah. Like, oh, no, okay, I'm the one that's going to be responsible yeah. for everything. That, that was your aha moment, That was, basically. I, I mean, like, the gravity was there the entire time. But that was when it was like, it clicked, and I was like, oh, I'm, okay. No, yeah. I'm, I'm actually responsible for this person who's now on the grid. Right. But, I mean, it also means, once again, I go back to anyone can be, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, anyone can have a kid. It's just learning, are you able to step up and be that father for that child? You know, whether you be married, single, divorced, whether it's out of wedlock, I don't give a shit. It's like, you know, you have to step up and be that person. You know what I mean? And that's something because like you said, you want not, it doesn't mean that you have to be in that person's life every single day. Like my dad wasn't for me, but my dad, like my mom always said, and I tell us on here all the time that my dad, my mom goes, you know what? Your father was a shitty husband, but he's a, he was always been a great dad, you know? And, and so, and I, and I always believe that, like I never, whether he was, in New York, wherever it was, we were in Texas, wherever we were, it's like, I never felt without a dad. Like he called, he was there at our special case. He was always there. So it made me feel like, you know, I, I could do anything because I at least had him in my corner, even though I felt like I still had to, because I'm going back to your story on how we all want a father as a, as a son, want our fathers in our lives. Yeah. Because it's like, who do we look up to at that point? You know, and so that's something that I always feel like even to this day was probably still missing out of my life was the fact that my dad wasn't there every day. And, I'm, and I sit there and go, if he was there every day, would I, how different would I be today? You know, would I be as mentally tough today though? I don't know. I don't know if you would be either. These are things that we have to ask our questions, these questions to ourselves sometimes. So sometimes in a, in a way, you, you like your life right now, you have your own family, you have your own child, which now I'm sure you understand what it means to raise a child, what, how to be there for that child. And that, and that's the most important thing, you know, Austin, you the same way, you know, I know that you've at, you, you had yours at 20. I mean, that's, that's really young. I fucking wouldn't know what to do at that age with a kid, but I'm sure I would step up because I, I had mine, my first child, I think it was 34, 35. So it's, it's a different level of, you know, maturity at that point. Yeah. And, uh, like something that I realized now, like I'm, I'll be 26 in a few months. Uh, and what I've learned recently was that like your frontal lobe doesn't fully developed till you're 25 mm -hmm. and I'm like as an individual I'm understanding that like as a professional in this field as a parent as a a human being I'm like oh there are things that like I wouldn't have done now that I probably would have done back then like erratically okay. got it you know yeah. like I wasn't as good with money right as now and so <laughs> who is it that right <laughs> well I mean you'd be surprised I've met some some really good 20 year olds overachievers not That's even like overachievers. <laughs> like my sister's really good with money. Okay. She doesn't spend on anything. But um, 
Yeah, and so, like, learning about that and learning that, like, oh, as a human being, I wasn't fully developed. And that was kind of, like, scary to realize, like, my frontal lobe wasn't fully formed yeah. and I was sitting here like, I have a child. Yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and, and rock this out. Right. But you once again, though, you did it and you're doing it right now. So kudos to that. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, as we can all attest to, it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely, there's no book on it. There's no. a lot of uh, articles, but take those with a grain of salt but yeah just take yeah day by day yeah it's a it's an interesting thing and then like watching them grow up is crazy like he's at the point now where he's just like comes up to me and says a sentence to me and like i don't understand how you did that but that's really cool <laughs> like like he uh a little a little thing we like to do is we have a little saturday routine where we'll we'll go to starbucks he's his own order at starbucks by the way uh, we go I to love Starbucks. When little kids do shit like my, that. My daughter has a uh, cake pops. Yep, I love yep. My son gets right. the birthday yeah. cake pop every right. single time. Yeah. Uh, so mom gets something, of course, too. She gets her little her little drink, and then we'll go. Usually, we'll go to the car wash to get the car washed. But because it's right in the complex of a Seven Eleven, he gets a Slurpee too. Oh. And so one of the other days, like it was just like you know, okay, you've had a, you've had a few too many in the past week. We're gonna we're gonna wait a little bit. And uh, he goes, oh, Slurpee, please. And I go. Uh, no, not today. But he goes, "Oh, how dare you!" And it's like, "Where did, where did this come from?" I mean, I'm, well, I'm really glad your speech is is coming because he does have a, a, a developmental delay. Yeah. But like, I don't no. know where he got. No, that. they they know. It's like my it's, daughter's doing that at two and a half. Like okay. she's extremely smart. Right. She didn't take a binky, nothing, and like she started talking way before. I, I, one of my closest friends, he had his son on the exact same day. Okay. January eleventh, twenty one. Right. So hard to forget. That's it's my. Just, by the way, that's my daughter's older birthday. By the way. Really? Yeah. Actually, no. Hers is on the thirteenth. I'm like July. Flip my younger because it's eleven. See, my 13th. son's the thirteenth though. Okay. He's, yeah. He's that's August so 13th. crazy. Okay. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting because. He took a binky. He took a little bit longer to talk, but he he walked before her. So watching these kids grow up is very interesting. Yeah. But like I said, I never had a father in my life. So when I had the opportunity to be a father, I mean, me and my wife got married in 2015. It wasn't until 2020 we were like, we are ready for this now. Yeah. But tell married. tell that story because you said it only it was a year that you guys from a year from point like a year between dating and getting married, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's funny. So so after I got my degree, I was working at Starbucks still. And I was working there mostly full time, and I didn't have a. I wanted to get a job in the tech industry. Okay. I got my degree in computer networking and security. So basically, it would be just like kind of back and stuff. He's like the the big guy in the corner of the office, just like plugging away out the, the cables, plugging them in. So I ended up doing that at, at Costco corporate for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but my one of my closest cousins now, we're like we talk twenty four seven. He got me my, my first job in downtown Seattle, and right before that. I was dating my ex-girlfriend. We dated for about a year. Okay. And then during that time, I was like, am I going to marry this girl? Because for me growing up, I was like, every girl I started wanting to date after 17 was like, is this going to be the one I marry? I get that. Yeah. And and I wanted to marry a little bit earlier because I wanted to develop with the girl. Okay. It's a little bit different of a time. Yeah. Like, if you look back, like, I mean... My mom had my brother at like 17 or 18. Right. Well, that was the norm back then. You know, Correct. It's just, it's yeah. Just and different. it's Ukrainian culture. Different world. Yeah. They, they pop them out quick at, that, at mm-hmm. that age. Now it's a little bit different. Now things are always delaying, delaying, delaying. Now the question isn't, did you have it too early? It's like, you sure you want to wait till you're 35 yeah, to have right. a child? Exactly. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's its own different thing, right? And so I didn't want a baby right away. I wanted a baby around 23 to 25. Waited a little bit longer, but it's okay. Um, so we, it was interesting because I was with my American girlfriend. We we're going through it. And my mom went to a Christmas party. Okay. And we had a mutual friend for a long time. My mom and her mom had a mutual friend. And my mom happened to go to this Christmas party. And my wife got dragged along by her mom. And she met her. And she, like, showed me. <laughs> we'll always talk about this. And she doesn't have these pants anymore. Maybe she does. Okay. But she's very tall as well. She's five foot nine, but she's slim. And she was sitting there, like, on a bench um, at school doing this. And she had her little striped pants on. And I was like, all those legs. <laughs> I was like, it's game over for me. You know what I mean? And and the cool thing was, I didn't. We didn't date for that long. So this, I saw her like February of 2014, and then I was just going through it with my with my girl at the time, and I was like, I don't want to be with her anymore. Yeah. And then she just broke up with her ex, who also the same story. It's like she just doesn't want to be with him anymore. It's funny. I messaged her on Facebook and asked her for advice on if I should stay with my girlfriend. That's so funny. <laughs> of all things, right? Yeah. And then I broke up with her, and like the very next like day or two. Because I was already out the door with this girl. We were, like, back and forth. It was right. just, like, arguments and just, like, I broke up with her and then she, like, forced me back into it. Talks. It started getting to that point. I was like, I couldn't marry this person. Yeah. And so I went on the first date with my girlfriend. Well, my wife now. But so I go down to Auburn, which is 
if you're in the Saddle area, you know what it is. I'm mm. from Monroe, so it's like an hour drive. Okay. And I get there. And then her brother's in the front. Like, I was also into cars. I had a modified, like, Infinity at the time. And he had a modified Nissan. It's those, type of, those types of things when you're young, right? And I, I meet him. And we're, we're chatting it up. And then she comes out. And then we go on our first date. And we're, she didn't. She wasn't much of a talker, which okay. was good because I talk nonstop, <laughs> you know. So it's like yin and yang, which is also good. Yeah. And we get back to her house, and her mom was in the kitchen, and my wife made me a sandwich, and I was, and the first thing I said to um, to the mom, and I walked in, I was like, "Hi, mom." She was like confused, but I was. I'm always been very outgoing. Yeah, with right. that type of stuff. Yeah. So like, it was a really good impression on her mom. Okay. And so. After that first date, she knew she didn't talk much, but then she said she was surprised when I messaged her back. And so that kind of just blossomed from there. So were you so after that first date, you were you were already in at that point. Like you're like, oh, yeah. The like, whole thing I'm, was I'm this is now. what I wanted, right? That's I wanted great. a girl who um was a Christian, because mm-hmm. I'm Christian. I wanted a girl who's Ukrainian, not because of some supremacy thing. It was of course. because my I just always liked that idea of I mean, if if someone is two different races, right? Latino, African-American, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I have nothing against it. I just wanted, for some odd reason, I wanted to be Ukrainian husband and wife because my grandma is, is older and I wanted to communicate with her and the culture was yeah, big. Yeah, got it. And I said, if it wasn't a Ukrainian, at least something European or Latino, okay. because the culture is very important to me. You know, it's the little things that like women do in those cultures that they don't do in an American culture, right? So like you're sitting there at dinner and the dinner is all done. And what normally happens in like a like a Slavic culture or a Latino culture or a lot of these cultures that have like roots is the women will tend to start cleaning up a little bit. Right, right. And so my ex never did any of that. Okay. And it was like the, the certain signs of respect that you would see that you wouldn't get from that type of relationship. And I was like, I really wanted that. Okay. And an understanding of how big of a, a part that God played in her life that it played in my life too. So that was huge. Okay. So it was faith. It was we both were in it for the right reason. Great. And you know? when did that conversation come up, by the way? A you few know? months later. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were like, I uh, forget the, it's on my phone, honestly. I'll probably pull it out and then I'll tell you. But uh, I remember we're sitting at a bench by her house. One of the times we were dating and I asked her to be my girlfriend. And I, I it was weird because it's like without we were already dating, but it was like I made it official, yeah, you know? Right. And then like a month or two later, I told her I loved her. And then by January of 2015, I proposed. That's great. And then we got married in August of 2015. Love that. And we've been together ever since. Yeah. And we've grown. You knew. Together. You just knew it. Like, like how long did what? Like, how long do you think it took you to go that when you went? You know, this is the one. Um, probably before the first date. That's great. Yeah. Because, and I was like, if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. But there was just like that feeling that you got. I get that. And that's what I got, and she got it too. And so because of that, I was like. Okay, her family was messed up too. You know, like they were divorced. Like her dad was still there. So like the mom, like my in-laws still kind of like every so often would butt heads about, okay. you know, whatever issues they had in the past. That's every divorced, yeah. you know, couple, that's, right? That's baggage with every couple. <laughs> Correct. So it's like we both kind of had a bit of a broken family growing up. We're both Ukrainians that are now in America. We had a lot of similar stories. But one thing that we really, really wanted was to be together forever and never be divorced and always Put each other first. That's great. And that's the whole thing. See, and you just you just answered the, uh, the question I was going to ask you because most people say, you know, obviously there's different ways that we live life now, especially um, moving forward with social media and all this stuff like that. But people aren't looking to be together forever anymore because you sit there and ask, yourself, what is forever? You know, but- <laughs> You got the it, red pillars, the trad cons, right. all these people, yeah, right? Like, yeah, right. They, they, they will say, as soon as my girl isn't what I want her to be, she isn't helping me level up, I'm moving on. Right, but, like, that, <sighs> but that's different though. And that and that's why I don't, I don't agree with any of that as well. And we I did an episode on that, but that, yeah, my thing is like, I, saw that. I agree with you on the fact that, you know, like I said, there 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 is this, and I'm just trying to help people out there when you just said that, because I know a lot of people, oh, forever. Like, I'm, you know, and I meant in the way of saying, look, you can be with your partner. It doesn't have to be labeled because you're, if you know you're together, you're together, right? But I love the fact that you guys talk about it. And I love the fact that you guys want the same direction. You want the same path. And that's why I was just interrupting you there because and I think the, that's fantastic. And the big thing was, is like, we were together when we both had nothing. Yeah. When when we got married, the decision was one of two things. And, and this is all goes into my entrepreneurial journey a little bit too, mm-hmm. is that I never really cared about being rich ever. I only cared about Say having enough money to be able to be with my family on the weekends Love and be that. present. Yeah, you know, but that isn't really quite a life as well. 
then again, now I'm an entrepreneur. Now I never stop working and there's its own <laughs> headaches. And you know how many times that I like, I think to myself, I wish I just worked some good nine to five job right. as a sales rep or something. But make you, some good you'd money. be bored. You'd be bored, yeah, David. It, and you know true. that. You know that. It's because true. It you makes would life never have been, first of all, you would have never have done the same path as your brother getting the junior, you know, the junior year thing of going for getting your degrees like you did. Secondly, you, like I said, you, you push for what you want. It's like you don't have the mentality of a nine to fiver. You yeah. know, and, that, and that's why I wanted to go back from the beginning and said, how did that, how did you get that instilled in you? Because it's like, you saw what you wanted mm. and you're going for it. And that, and there, a nine to fiver doesn't do that. You, you're a leader, Is, bottom line. I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. It's so, really good to hear. Yeah. And so it was funny because you ever heard of uh, network marketing? No. Uh -uh. So network marketing is... They call it a pyramid scheme. It's the okay, most common okay. way of calling it, right? Yeah, that so, I've heard of. <laughs> so basically, you have the guy at the top of the business, and they have a products, product line to sell. And so the way that they can convince people to get involved in this pyramid scheme is that they become their own business owners beneath them. Right. And then every time there's a sale or someone signs up, that bonus gets kicked up to the person above. Yep. And so it kind of just – the chain keeps going up. And then you convince that person, hey, you're going to be your own business owner. Just get like six people underneath you. They'll be making a, a grand a month off of you know their product sales and all that, and then you'll be getting a cut of that, and then you'll be getting a cut of that. So it's this whole thing, and they're selling a business model called network marketing. And you get that by going to a Starbucks and saying, hey, I have this opportunity for you. Okay. That was the first introduction I ever had to the entrepreneurial world outside of seeing a guy in a Lamborghini drive around. Got it. Or just like you know you watch a movie. And you see someone like the Wolf of Wall Street or yeah. like the movie Wall Street, like all these things, right? You see them, but you don't actually ever experience them. That was my first ever, like, the first time I dived into it, okay. I would say. All right. I mean, the, the, the How did you is, do? By um, I signed up and then within a week I asked for a refund. Okay. Yeah. But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. It took about three, four months for me to even sign up. The first initial part of it was the guys that were, they're basically, they take you to their house and they'd, they'd pitch you. They pitch you on why you need to be an entrepreneur and why your life isn't where you want it to be now. Like, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of going <laughs> to the same job? You can't ever go on vacation. You can only go road tripping um, across the state and go camping. And I was like, that was me. Yeah. You know, like we, all, they, all they, my vacations they touch was your camping. Yeah. Correct. And right. they their audience, right? Mm -hmm, of and course. so that's how they try and convince you. But here's the one good thing that they did. It sparked that little good. bit of entrepreneurial curiosity in me. It said, I could do something different. Right. And then they had this, which is really cool. They had this organization, the sub-organization called like the Black Diamond or something. And it was like their motivational speaking division. And it was to build up speakers so that you could also be the speaker to go around and convince people to join the group. Got it. Um, and it works swimmingly if you have enough people that buy in, right? But they have to buy in. Yeah. And so that was one aspect of it. But I'd be on the bus. So I I'd still lived up in Monroe and I would take a bus for about 40 minutes to a bus stop and then about another 40 minutes to downtown Seattle. And I would work 6 a.m. to 5 p.m., four days a week. Um, initially, I was working like eight-hour um, shifts, so 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. Okay. But then I switched to four hours, uh, four days a week. But during those bus trips, when I first got a job there, I was like, I'm in it. Okay. I got I I got the bus stop and like everyone's like lined up with their briefcases. I'm like I'm going to downtown Seattle. <laughs> like I'm this is what it's all about. Yeah. And I was so excited for it. And then I got introduced to this affiliate marketing or uh, this network marketing stuff. And I now it went from like this is exciting to this is depressing. It's like sardines in a can. You know, it's like this guy's like 80 years old still having to go to downtown yeah, Seattle to work. Right. And I was like, this isn't the life for me. Yeah. Like this is very depressing. And so. I didn't know what the end goal was because I didn't want to do the network marketing stuff. You just knew it wasn't for you. Correct. Bottom line. And here's the cool thing is like during when that all happened, they tell you to visualize stuff, create a vision board, do all of that. And I'd go to this um, city called Kirkland, which is beautiful. I ended up moving there um, before we went to Monroe. And it's just a very nice little area. It's like right along the water down there. And we go to these apartments and I was like, babe, if I make six grand a month, we can live here and you don't have to work. And... It was also sketchy too because we had that decision to make right before we got married. Was okay. do we both like get like a basic job and maybe I make maybe I make twenty an hour in the tech field and maybe you make fifteen an hour and then we just struggle for the rest of our lives, barely able to make ends meet? Or do you let me just get this job in Seattle? Like take the leap of faith. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, what's what's the worst that's going to happen? I we're already living with my mom. There's no rent. Right. You know, we both owned our cars in cash. It's different. You know, and so that's what we did. And during that time, right before we got married, I actually ran into, um, he was like my first, I'd say like, a, like somewhat of a mentor. Okay. But he pulled up to my cousin's wedding in June of 2015 in a yellow Lamborghini. 
comes out, got his Versace glasses on, select back hair, yeah. like young guy. He's like a year older than me. And he was in affiliate marketing. And so he was the one that sparked my interest in this internet marketing world. And affiliate marketing is you get a commission off of a sale or a lead um, that you get online or offline. But you typically, it's like if you're if you're an influencer, your form of affiliate marketing is you hold up the, the bottle yep, on your right. story yeah. and you get sales. Right. right. So same thing, except you're running paid ads for it. Okay. Um, or you can SEO and, and do all those things. However, he was he, he was super slick. And I was like just in this network marketing stuff trying to figure out if it was for me. And I was like, what do you do? And he said, oh, I do um, I do like video game advertising. He just told me to look up this form called Stack That Money. I was like, cool. Awesome. Thank you so much. And he like unlocked all of this for me. And I was Great. like, I already like computers and stuff. It just, it just makes sense. Yeah. And so I stopped the network marketing stuff and was I was in this really weird spot where I really I I don't even know what really sparked it. I think it was just like this random curiosity and like there should be more in life. Okay. And I want to be able to provide the best life for my family. But I was torn between entrepreneurship and being a nine to fiver. And that's why I was saying earlier, I was like, sometimes it just feels like I wish I was nine to fiver because you'd have way less responsibility. But you know, but when things but are but you're good, sacrificing your happiness down the road for you because it seems like you like you knew it already. Like you just it just wasn't your jam, you know. So correct. I mean, you'd be providing for your family, but it's like, how can you? I always say this: How can you provide for your family if you're unhappy? Yep. You know, in theory, if you think about that, people like I said, we've seen lots of people in marriages where they're you know they're you know they're making a shitload of money, but you know they're not happy. I mean, I've talked about this all the time too. It's just so you have to. There's things that we sacrifice. There's things that we need to make sure that we're being our best selves, mm -hmm. um, that we're putting our best foot forward in order to create happiness for everyone around us. Because ultimately, if you're working your nine to five, you're stressed the fuck out. You're no good at home. Correct. You know, you're no you're good for your kid. You're by the time you get home. Yeah, you know? exactly. Right. And that's so. the crazy part. So that was like the, the that was like the opening of it. And then uh, right around the time I was going to get married, my I started working in downtown Seattle for about like eight months or something. My brother had a job opening for me making 25 an hour at Costco mm -hmm. corporate, which is an Issaquah. It's like their main headquarters in the Seattle area. And so I jumped on that opportunity because it was going to make more money. And I was still not sure if I do affiliate marketing. Okay. So and we got married. In between there, I um, I hopped into um, testing some affiliate marketing stuff after me and the wife got married, and it kind of took off. And I worked at Costco corporate for like three months before I quit and went back to my old job in Seattle, only because it gave me opportunity to like not be so focused because I already knew what got I was it. doing in the got job it. role. Right. So like when I was on the bus in Seattle, I would be researching affiliate marketing. Okay. And then when I get there to the job, I'd work on the job and on my breaks, I'd be researching, checking my numbers, doing all See, that stuff. See, this is what I love. So you were actually looking for a way to improve your next career by by back. keeping your job and go off. So that's what I was saying earlier. You know, most people, it's like, they feel like, you know, you can't, they're like, oh, I'm stuck in this rut. And I'm like, look, I go, it's not that you have to leave something, just explore the other avenues that you are good at or what you would love to do and just and just give it a try. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, if it doesn't work out, you still have your job underneath you. Like you had your job security still underneath you if it didn't work out, which is great. So, yeah. so like fat, we have to fast forward some, but now obviously you're doing your entrepreneurial stuff. You're creating your own brand. You're doing things that you're happy doing. You know, my one regret is I didn't start earlier. Like, right. When I was when I, in like 2017 is when like um, we moved out, moved downtown. I got an Audi R8. Like we, I lived in the downtown life. Okay. And I was like, man, this would be a great opportunity to just brand this all, you know? Got it. You look back in hindsight, you're like, imagine like seven, eight years of just straight personal branding. Like got I'd have like it. a million followers by now. Yeah. You right. Know? But would you be, you know, the, the question I always say, and like, cause I look back, I mean, hell, I don't Everything. feel like I just started my branding three years ago in mm. theory, you know, it's like, yeah. so it's that thing where it's like, eh, you know, if you're in it and it doesn't matter the age, timing, whatever, if you're going to do it, do it well. Correct. Like, you know, put, put, you know, do it well, push forward. You know, like I've said, like I had a clothing line back down. Never forget one of my friends. She's so funny. I love her to death. Um, she's like, you know, she was my, uh, she was my graphic designer for all of my t-shirts and stuff. Like I'd make the, all the stuff out and then she'd implement it. And I, she goes, you know what? She goes, I want to do a golf brand. I go, well, you should do it. So I, so I motivated her. I was like, come on, you got this. You got this. And then all of a sudden she got it all together and literally like went to her first show. Cause I got her in the show that I was in a golf and tennis show, got her to her first show. And she sat there and she goes, okay. And I go, I go, what are you doing? She goes, I'm waiting for people to come by. I go, no, no, honey, you got to get out there and like sell this shit. No one knows who the fuck you are. And she goes, 
but I don't want to do that. She goes, I just figured people would just come. If they saw the clothes, they would just come. I'm like, no, oh, life man. doesn't work that way. I go, you know, I go, if, if, if this is what you really wanted to do, you have to push from day one on what you want. You have to get yourself out there. You have to brand yourself. You have to market yourself. You know, yeah, your clothes look beautiful, but who's going to know that, honey? There's, there's like 35, 40 other brands here that are well-established. And look at these buyers passing you up because they don't know who the fuck you are. You know, my mentor says it's not the best product that wins. It's the best known product. That That's wins. correct. And how, are we, how do we do that? By putting, putting it out there. Correct. Putting yourself forward. You know, the best salesperson is you. Right. Exactly. And this yeah. is how this is funny is how we all it's how we met. Yeah. It's just, you know, I, I'm on this journey of, of growing the brand and like reaching out to people who truly do need help, who want to get fit, who maybe have tried, who once were fit, who aren't fit now, who want to reach that next level in life. Love that. Like I got guys who are parents or like as a father already, but he has, has an issue with alcohol. Hopped on the program for a whole year. We're about to hit that year. Oh, He's totally great. different. He doesn't drink alcohol anymore. And if he does, it's very, 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 very controlled. Got it. That's but the great. whole thing is he's a better father to his daughters. And to his wife. And once again, it goes back to if you have to be, if you're in a happy space and you're and you're you're loving yourself first, mm -hmm. that's how we can project and get everybody else off. So exactly. I know, David, that we're running out of time because I know like I want to get to one more thing with you. But yeah. first and foremost, guys, you know, we have David Fishchuck on here and check out his Instagram. And um Austin, can you pull that up on his Instagram page? But check this out because like he's very inspiring on there. And like you look at his reels and stuff, it's very inspiring stuff. And it's just like it just makes you A, just want to get out there and start fucking working out again, but B, just inspirational stuff because you know you put your family on there and stuff as well, which I love being a great, it's, it's being married and a great thing. family stuff. So I appreciate that. Yeah. So, well, I just want to first off, just say like, you know, cause we're going to go to the question of the day before we leave here today. And um, you're going to answer this first cause I put out a question today, but this is going to be right up your alley. So here's the question for you. All right, here it goes. Okay. Hey DI, what's up? Started following you guys on Instagram from a friend's recommendation about a year ago and finally started listening to your, pot, pot, your episodes about a month ago. And I have to say, damn, love the show. And I have so many questions, but here it goes. In my 30s, and I've been dating this woman for over five months now who's eight years older than me. She's more established in her career and definitely makes more money than me. I've been in and out of a relationship that have always flatlined, but even though this one's barely getting started, I know that she's the one and I feel compelled to ask her to marry me. Am I crazy? Is it too soon? We get along so well and I know deep down she feels the same way. Should I take that leap of faith? I forget, how old did they say they are? Uh, he's in his 30s and she's eight years older than him and they've been dating for five months. One thing that I can say is that the, the one benefit I had growing with my wife is that we started from nothing. We didn't have extra baggage. Mm -hmm. The thing is when you're already in your 30s and you're starting to date, is you already the person you're going to basically be for the rest of your life. Right. So you find a lot of hard-headedness between two people. So usually I always say, wait a year if you're if you're older, mm -hmm. because within the first six months, it's lovey-dovey phase, and then you see the real person. Right. And you're set in your ways in your 30s. So there's nothing wrong with dating someone a bit older than you. Of course, you ask a red pillar, they'd be like, well, never date above your age, especially <laughs> if you've got a career. You are the man in the relationship. Like, you have to be the one, right? <laughs> Well, I think it's always a nuance, right? If two people love each other, that's – I mean, that's it's going to work. If yeah. you're in it for the right purpose, if you're not in it going and you're mad about, say, she makes more money than you or she wants to dominate, like every relationship is not going to be the same. Correct. You can't say that. Like I am a very traditionalist. I'm conservative. So for me and my wife, that's what it is. Like I said this is a bit of a challenging year. Me and my wife were talking. We're like no matter what happens – you're all that matters. Yeah, that's great. That's it. And that comes first. That's She's first like, we and can foremost. be in a shoebox. It doesn't matter. Love that. Like we have that. We have our daughter. We have like, we have our family, you know? So that's the most important thing to us. And if you're going into any relationship and you don't feel like the person that you are sitting across from can be that rock, if you all lost everything, that's yeah. the question you should ask. Right. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm I'm I I'm going to agree with um David on most of the stuff because mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, if you're if you feel like, you know, it's been 5 months in and you feel like, you know, all the other relationships like cuz you know, you had said something before too. You just know when something's right, you know what I mean? And but here, but here's why I agree with you. I, I believe in the fact that make sure that you communicate with her um, before you ask her, like you know, or propose to her. Just ask her the little things. Make sure you're communicating with her. Make sure that you guys are on the same page. Make sure that you know that you're not affected by her making more than you, or that 
she's not going to be affected by you making less than her. So just make sure that you guys are on the same page. Make sure that, you know, she loves you for who you are and you love her for who she is. And so you'd be surprised on that. Those little discrepancies, whether it be money, whether it be that, you're going to make it up in other ways, probably. You know, what, what, I don't know what you do, but maybe you make it up by being better in certain situations than she's at. So one of the things that I do with my person that I'm with, my significant other, is that, you know, like she wakes significantly way more than money than me. And the first thing that I did when we started dating, I think when we restarted dating, I read her, I go, look, I go, I literally read her a letter and said, hey, I go, I hope this is this, this, and this. Money's not going to be an issue, da, 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 because right now you're making more than me, but I but I hope that's not going to be an issue because I know that I feel confident enough to that I know that I'm the one for you and I can make it up in different ways. She's like, not going to be an issue. You know, that's the most important and it hasn't right there. Yeah. And it's like, and we, and, but, but we check in all the time on certain things. We make sure that we communicate. We make sure that we're on the same page when it comes to finances on this and this and this. And we make sure that we level up each time in that situation. So, um, if you're going to do this, just make sure you're doing it for the right reasons, like David said. And I appreciate that. So, yeah. all right, David, uh, where can people find you? Is there anything you want to plug? Cause I know you need to plug your, your coaching stuff. So Correct, please yeah. have at it. Yeah. So again, on the, on the screen there, you see so the Instagram is David Fishchuck. You can find me on Facebook. Same thing. David Fishchuck, YouTube, mainly shorts, but at some point here, I'm going to be doing long form stuff. Um, anywhere you just look up David Fishchuck, you're going to find me on there. You know, I'm like one, the one and only effectively. Um, <laughs> but the whole thing for me is what I, the biggest thing I want to push is I want to help you resolve your problems. I want you to feel better financially, physically, mentally, and just be fully aligned. Like I said, I had guys that are fathers already who just have fallen off and they want to get back and they want to be fit. Or I have guys that just have a lot of baggage and issues and maybe they need to level back up in their life. But the whole thing is I'm here to show you how it is that I can come from nothing and have some success in life, how I can hold a marriage and have a daughter and be what I consider to be a successful father and husband in life. And additionally, how I can keep discipline, how even when things seem crazy, I can keep a cool, calm head by keeping structure every day with my fitness, mindset, and nutrition coaching, and I can help you do the same. Love that. Thank you so much for that. And guys, you know, like you said, you know, where you can find me anything at Dating Intelligence and at Fetch Sport. Um, but please check out David's stuff. And thank you so much for being like a on the fly coast. That was pretty amazing, dude. This how do you how feel? It works. I feel fantastic. Right. And the craziest thing is we just randomly <laughs> like, hey, I have a spot. Hey, well, this is like predestined or something like I that. Mean, like, like, this is... I mean, I'm all about, look, I'm all about taking chances. You know, there's like, there's nothing that ever holds me back from not taking a chance. You know, like you just, you just got to put that chance at like, just once again, take a leap of faith because you never know what direction is going to put you. So I appreciate that. Exactly. And thanks for being on the show, brother. 100%. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. All right, it. guys, this is another show. Austin, thanks so much for production. We're at Sticky Paw Studios. And thanks guys for producing the show. You guys are amazing. And we are out. Oh. Oh.